official Adios ACC Atlantic Coast Conference showman for December 6, 2023. How's it going? Welcome to December. It's already the end of 2023, believe it or not. Time fucking flies, man. And every day, every day is getting uh, shorter and shorter. We're going to the winter, man. And then I'm just like, you know what? I saw Stockholm and that amount of sunlight. And I'm just like, man, it's not so bad <laughs> compared to there here. I'm recording this at what? 220 or something. It's so bright out relative to Stockholm. And I'm just like, man, it's not so bad. Uh, well, I... With the with the rest of the year to go the best of, you know, we'll probably come later, later, later this year during the Christmas holidays. But, um, oh my goodness, uh, let's kind of follow up on what the fuck happened the college football. That's what I want to mainly talk about. Uh, if you want to listen to my whole Michigan whole sign-stealing scheme, sign-stealing is not illegal. I'll just say that again. Episode 347 from, oh, three, three episodes ago, basically. To be the man, you got to cheat the man. So... Go listen to that, uh, but let me talk about the whole the college football playoff thing, and then the whole NCAA decision that came out on Tuesday, saying that hey, uh, we gotta find a way to pay the athletes, which is very, very, very interesting that they kind of turn into that. But I just go, well, what else is there really? So, um, playoffs. I was not surprised how the ranking came out. Um, if you don't know, the top the college football playoff does a four team playoff until next year when it expands to twelve teams. Which I think is too many. I don't like it. I don't know how you fit the schedule, you know, and then take up entire December to play all these elimination rounds. I like I like the four format. I like JJ Watt's idea of six team format with a top two get a bye. That's like the old, that's basically the NFL conference, you know, playoff format, like top two team, two teams get a bye, right? Now it's a seven with the, only the top seed get a bye and the home field advantage throughout the conference um, playoff round. I think 12 is too damn many. So top four gets, basically gets a bye and then the eight play against each other. Um, but I'm just like, eh, I don't know about this. And then, um. But, you know, and then uh, there are big five conferences, Big Ten, uh, SEC, Southeastern Conference, Pacific 12, Pac-12, Big 12, and then um, ECC, which is more of a basketball conference, i got to be honest. And it's the first time that a top power five, that's a power five uh, conferences, and then you get Mountain West and then, like, American Athletic Conference and all that that's tiered below that. Um but yeah, no, then, then the FSU didn't make it. So it's Michigan 1, UW Huskies 2, Texas 3, Alabama 4. And Texas beat Alabama in the earlier in Tuscaloosa. And Alabama somehow beat Georgia. And Georgia just got bounced out of the entire fucking thing. Which is kind of shocking, but also like not surprising. Because I, I said this to a couple people over the last week. Which is, look, college football as a whole, I... Don't believe, you know, out of the two, three conferences, especially two conferences, there is a huge difference in the skills gap, in my view. It's always going to be top heavy with the top teams and top schools than the rest. And they carry the image of the conference as if it were the hardest or the toughest. And Big Ten and SEC has this dogma about it, right? But the reality is that Big Ten is just Big Ten East, which is Michigan, Ohio, and Penn State. Big Ten West is a joke. It's Iowa, Nebraska, maybe Wisconsin, Purdue, 
But they're they're just like eh, you know. There are 500 teams at best in the overall record of it. Same for the SEC. For the longest time, it was like, oh my god, it's uh, it's SEC West the entire time until Georgia came to, to the spotlight. It was like, oh, it's a SEC East with Georgia, because Alabama is in the West, and then it's like, oh, Alabama and and then all these Tennessee, all these guys. But then the reality is, the rest of the program is kind of like rest of the conference is like a bit of a meh, like whether it's Missouri, Florida. Tennessee, who greatly overachieved last season, Anum's a joke, Arkansas is a joke, and and just Vanderbilt has been nothing since James Franklin left. So you're really down to Georgia and Alabama at that point. No matter what you say about Ole Miss, like Mississippi State, I'm sorry, they're not, they're not top top level. And same can be said about Pac-12. It's either Washington or Oregon. Then the rest. Maybe Utah was in that conversation a little bit, but they can't seem to get go undefeated, right? So, you know, they built the programs. The USC is a joke defensively. And Big 12 is top-heavy also. It's Texas and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma trips up for some fucking reason. And Texas has been tripping to a point where TCU became the first team last year to get into the playoffs. But even that was a greater overachievement. Uh, and then the greatest choke that Michigan football has pulled. Now, you look at ACC. Who's in that school? That's your basketball you know, school conference. Duke, North Carolina, Virginia, Miami, you know, the, the U, and then like Virginia Tech, FSU. Um, who am I missing there? Clemson. You know, who was in the thing during Deshaun Watson and the Trevor Lawrence era? But the thing is that, you know, Clemson got lucky with his two quarterbacks and then the offensive coordinators who stuck around and got the scheme, you know, nailed down. Um, but, like, you know, I just, like, whatever. Oh, I forgot, speaking of Clemson, I forgot LSU and the SEC, who I guess won the national title with Joe Burrow, but they, you know, they spend a lot of money, but I don't think they get the output of the result as much as the hype that goes behind them trained. They can recruit, they can, you know get the NIL deal done, but I just go like, dude, I'm sorry, LSU is a poor Alabama at this point. So it's not the same. So anyhow, this has been the thing in every conference. So I just go, whoever plays the most and well, and then like, oh, strength of schedule and all that. Michigan played a cupcake schedule, blah, blah, blah. Washington didn't play anybody hard. Georgia really didn't play anybody hard either, you know? I've been beating, like, Oregon a couple years ago and shit. And I just go, like, yeah. I, I, I just go, is it an eye test and all that, blah, blah, blah. And Georgia wasn't overly convincing this year to me. You know, when I was in Atlanta, they were, that was a game they were playing. Uh, who the hell was it? The, uh, yeah, the Auburn Tigers. And, ooh, that was a close call. And Auburn was, like, a transitioning team. And then, like, they're struggling against South Carolina. Yeah, that's another SEC team that you forgot about. And then I just go like, dude, they were mightily struggling and just like not showing up at times when they should have. Even the Georgia Tech game in Atlanta, I go like, I'm sorry, Georgia Tech, you know, is a 500 team in an ACC, another ACC basketball school, along with Boston College, Syracuse, and rest of them. And I just go like, I don't know, man. It's just like I'm not overly convinced. So, wh- however you think of it, ACC as a conference, like, is, is the least, like, 
strong out of the five compared to Big Ten and whatnot. It, although ACC fans will be like, well, AC, ACC te- teams beat SEC this many times, blah, blah, blah. But I'm, I gotta be honest, I just go like, dude, I don't think they're that good. So I, But I still thought they were going to get a number four spot after Texas. Because Texas beat Alabama, who in transitive term beat Georgia, who was a number one country the all season. But I, the, that number one spot, in my view, has been written by what has happened the last two years more than what really happened this year. So if you were to go pick the best four teams, I guess Alabama with some of the ridiculous comebacks they had this season maybe deserves it and has more depth than Florida State because Florida State, I got to be honest, the Jordan Travis, their starting quarterback who went down like two weeks ago and then they they didn't really have a convincing victory in the last two games to a point where their backup quarterback got hurt so they had to go to the third quarterback to do whatever. But I'm just like, dude, I'm sorry. Like if they're number four seed and they get in there, yeah, they beat LSU two years in a row, but LSU is like the most flakiest fucking team ever. And I just go like, eh. and then they, 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 they beat Florida and LSU. And then they're like, we were better than SEC that way. And I'm like, okay, you passed the eye test, I guess. But I'm also like, eh. But I, I still thought FSU was going to make it, you know, based on, come on, you won the conference and you did go undefeated. You beat two SEC teams. Congratulations. Uh, but, you know, I, hey, shit didn't happen. And then uh, Alabama got in. And then money talks, blah, blah, blah. And then the attitude when the because the one and four are going to play, Michigan's going to play Alabama. And like, oh, the kit, the, the reaction video of the Michigan like, players going, oh, like, like they're not ready. And I'm just gonna like, man, shut up. Like, I don't care who you play at this point. I said this last year. I said that two years ago. If if you're going to have a winning mentality, a national championship, and then my the ethos right now is still natty or bust at this point. Regardless of what happens, you know, around the whole thing, you know, with the whole scandal and all that, which I think is blown out of fucking proportion at this point. You need to go out there and win and you need to go and prove your case against a team like Alabama. Now, I'm not underselling Alabama, but it's not the same Alabama team that was even two, three years ago, in my view. Um, this is going to be a rematch for Michigan playing Alabama. Like I remember 2012 in that, uh, opener again in Dallas. And I'm like, Jesus, that was an awful mismatch at Alabama's peak basically. And then 2020, what was it? The, uh, Citrus Bowl, the one most forgettable, like there were a couple bowl games, 2019, 2020. I absolutely said, I don't give a fuck. I, I just don't care. <laughs> about Michigan football after they got blown out by Ohio State and then a lot of players sat out. I think the year before, Michigan played Florida and then I didn't even bother watching. And then, like, they got blown out, but it's like, I don't give a shit. Well, what was the point of the fucking bowl game at that point, you know? And then just, just worsens Jim Harbaugh's bowl record, which he has no more than one victory after his first season. And then, like, they play Alabama January 1st, 2020. I remember this the game partially because this is when i was coming back from australia and i had 36 hours of fucking january 1st 2020 hearing happy new year non-fucking stop and then uh, when i got when i was taking on the plane from lax to detroit that game was on the tv and i dozed because of all the jet lag and time difference i just like fucking passed out but i remember watching that game and go there were i think there were like 16 14 and i go like well that's a good 
progress for an outgoing quarterback, Shea Patterson. But then Alabama just came back and blew them out, and then Michigan didn't score in the second half. It's like, how listless can you be as a, te- as a team? So I don't think it's at that same level, and Alabama had to come up with a lot of goddamn miracles to get this stage, including the Iron Bowl when Auburn fucking choked it. <laughs> And like third and forever in the most ridiculous fashion possible. It's like, and then I go, what the fuck, bro? And then like, I just go like, I there, Alabama. This is probably the best coaching job. I agree with Paul Feinbaum that like the last couple of years is probably the best coaching job has that Nick Saban has done to bring the team up this far, and then be competitive and play at the standard of uh, quality that they play. So it's not a slouch game, and but I think Michigan needs to stop thinking like, oh, we need a team like TCU. We need a cupcake. Dude, just go out, beat them, build some confidence, and flex your swagger. I think they can do it. I don't think this, this Alabama team is not the Alabama team from 10 years ago or even four years ago. And they, they show a lot of kinks that I just go like that are I think a Michigan team can shore up on. And I'm sure Alabama just like appreciative of the fact that they may crack the top four grinding out this season, including the last two games against Georgia and Auburn to get to this stage. So they're riding hot. But at the same time, I think in the strength, the line side of it, I feel like Michigan has a good chance. There were some concerns that came up against the Ohio game on the secondary side of it. But I just go like, you know what? New game. Get rested up. Practice. Don't get hurt. And play out there. Washington, Texas, I don't know how that's going to go. Like, Texas is hitting on all cylinders on offense. And Washington was, like, kind of, like, slouch. You know, again, I don't know the thing about Washington. They were they were constantly down against the teams they should be beating easily. But then when they play the mighty USC or Oregon, they they just, like, hand, you know, just hand out the, you know, hand the losses to them. They show up when it matters. Which is quite fascinating. And Michael Penix Jr., the former Indiana quarterback, so he played in Big Ten. I think he's pretty good, but I also am not sure. There are a lot of drop balls that I saw the last couple games when they play Oregon. And then the Apple Cup was super close. Look, you need some adversity and you need some hardship to go through things. But And then Texas was like doing this and then somehow back their ass into the thing. You know, shoring up in their shitty-ass conference. I just go, all right, go get it. But I think it's going to be hella entertaining, and I hope it is. I, I hope it's just a high scoring. And then Quinners, the former Ohio quarterback, I'm sure he just went there just for the NIL money temporarily, which is not a bad thing. Uh, you know, I just go, yeah, all right, let's see how this goes. And Michigan's going to play both Washington and Texas in a regular season next year, which is quite fascinating. And I just go like, wow, I thought there was a chance that, like, oh, Michigan and uh Texas matchup and then Washington somehow comes through. You might have potential two rematches of the playoffs the following season, which would have been a rare feat. But I guess the committee didn't want that happening, you know. So I just go whatever, because it could have been, it could have easily been like, oh FSU three and then Texas four, and then we could have that scenario. But the committee also thought, oh yeah FSU whatever, they're not a draw, they're not what they happen. Alabama is and SEC has to be there, and I just go, you know what? May the best team win. Uh, I believe in Michigan. I think this is their chance. I think they finally got a quarterback who can do things. The last two years, losing in the first round, the most spectacular ways possible, show up, play, win one round, 
and then go from there. Same thing I said about the Maple Leafs. Same thing I said about the Blue Jays. You know, I just go, you need to go out and execute. You need to do what you've been doing. And at the same time, you cannot lose focus. And then you need to punch it in when you need to. And just remember all the signs that you might have seen. <laughs> Connor! Um, wow, how useless is that that uh, Connor Stanley has had to send people to the Athens, Georgia. And we don't have to use up all those signs that he probably got from his uh, lackeys over there. You know, it's hilarious. What a waste of money. He's not going to get reimbursed. But, you know, hey, he shows up on fucking Barstool show here and there. You know, and then I just go, whatever. Um, But, you know what? It's it's going to be a fascinating playoffs. I think the four teams, no matter what, it's going to be quality football. I'm hoping, you know, the third time's a charm. Look, man, for Michigan's, you know, season, I just go. This season needs to be like the 1997 season. You beat Ohio State three times in a row. You go in to the Rose Bowl like you did in 1997. Go win that motherfucking bowl game. You know, it's just like stars are aligned no matter what the scandal is behind the scenes. But I don't give a shit. And Jim Harbaugh, I already admit, I just go, I acknowledge it. I think this is his last season regardless what happens. What else is there for him to achieve? If they don't win it this year, they're going to come back next year and be like, all right, we got to do the playoffs again. Make sure they finish in top four. You know, and then play two rounds and then do what? And then like, you know, come back and run this again. It's going to be harder, first of all. And then second of all, I just go like, hey, what else is there to do there? You know, he's done everything. And then I don't feel like he has a backing of the athletic director, which I talked about in that episode three weeks ago. So I'm not going to regurgitate that point. But I just go like, I think he's going to go to the NFL. I think he's going to go to the Oakland Raiders. I don't think he'll go to the Bears because Bears are a mess. All the, you know, but who knows? He has a connection in his playing career to both the Bears and the in the coaching career and the Raiders, and I, I I think he'll be a great NFL coach. I is he gonna take any of this college staff? Maybe his son's gonna go with him, Jay Harbaugh probably. And then the coaching staff's gonna see a change to turn next year too. You know, Mike Hart, the running back coach, is in the interviewing for the University of Indiana University football job where he was a assistant coach back there back in the day. So I'm just like, you know, these turns happen. You see, you know, CU Boulder. Yes, Coach Prime. I still follow, you know. I, you know, I, I'm sorry but to hear that he separated with his fiance, the lady from Extra, not Carissa Thompson. Or Mario Lopez. He didn't separate from Mario Lopez. But I just go like, man. And then the offense, the, the whole drama that he got going there. And I just go like, I don't think it's too terrible, to be honest. And then second of all, all these people, oh my god, the transport portal is going to be hard for him next year. And then like all these decommit. And I just go, well, there is a lot of hype that to a point where what kid would say no to Coach Prime at the peak of that hype? You know what I'm saying? And then at the same time, I just go, okay. If you're a quarterback commit watching this and be like, fuck, man, are you going to get me an offensive line? Or is this my 18, 19-year-old body going to be sacked fucking 60 times a season and not get drafted and possibly get paralyzed like your son? Jesus Christ. And Prime will be like, oh, I got you, baby. I got you. But I just go like, you know, you need to go get those transfers. And I hope he goes out and gets it. Pat Schumer being an offensive coordinator, I don't know if I agree with that, but the the offensive coordinator who got demoted and left for San Diego State, uh, Sean Lewis, I did not think he, that was going to be a permanent stay anyway. I felt like he left Kent State uh, to 
get the national attention and the spotlight challenging himself in a power five conference uh being an offensive coordinator and then he did you know produce not the offensive line i don't think that's all his fault and then uh get some get some excitement going and then he ended up in mountain west instead of a mac conference so it's just like all right that's a warmer mac the <laughs> and then i go good for him good for him so it's like, you know, he got what he wanted, so he's out. And then he got the NFL coach, and the Warren Staff's going to be the linebacker's coach. He's like, all right, that's going to be fascinating. But, you know, a lot of these things are very ephemeral than how it used to be. It is business, and CAA came out and said, like, look, every school needs to set aside, you know, what was it, $30,000 per student, you know, outside of the stipend of the tuition and the room and boarding, which I go, all right, $30,000, let us go do this, you know. But I just go like, wow, you know, $30,000. You know, if you watch The Survivor or any of these reality shows, you know, the fucking prize money hasn't fucking changed. And I just go, 30000 now? What the fuck was that uh, 20 years ago? I don't know, fucking 12000 So I'm just like, I don't know, that sounds too little to me. If it were me. But I just, and then I, you know, but, all right. I was on the campus last week too, so I, I, I had some epiphany about tuition and everything. Oh, God, I didn't get to talk about that. But, you know, maybe I'll save that for next week for the affordability topic. I want to talk about housing and then education. It got me thinking when I was watching all these uh, football conference championship games and during the halftime, they do the Dr. Pepper football toss and the winner gets a 100000 and then the runner-up gets a 20000 in tuition. But I just go like, that 100000 has not fucking changed for 10 years, 12 years that this competition has been going on. And then finally, one dude throws a spiral and wins it. I just go, finally, this happened. But anyways, I'm going to save that for the next time. Uh, thanks for listening to my uh, mumbo-jumbo of the college football playoff preview. Oh, my God. We're four weeks away from the new year, 2024 already. The year the dragon is coming. It's my fucking year. Let's fucking do this. And then, uh, all right, have a great rest of the week. And then uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.